first round pick in you know when he goes and gets ray allen and gives up the it is locked on jazz for the 24th of june no activity on the dance floor for the utah jazz it was invitation only and no swingers allowed Eh, bad analogy but kind of true the draft told us if you're not six foot four you shouldn't apply And now what for the Utah Jazz? We'll break it all down coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. And today we're live which we haven't done in a long time. We've been premiering instead, and it's great to see Bryce and JJ and, and James and everybody back in the live studio. I'll admit I missed you guys a little bit. Um, oh, there seems to be an echo you're telling me. All right, I bet you I can kill that echo. Thank you very much. This is why it's great to be live. Did I just kill that echo? Are we better now? Um, so thanks very much for uh, popping in, and uh, glad to have you aboard uh, on the show today. Uh, and Bryce, let me know if that echo um is gone no it was not you i'm on the road it's a little complicated um and actually i have a part of my device isn't working so i actually can't hear um the same one um so uh the jazz did not get in the draft last night which honestly i'm not wildly disappointed about on a personal note i'm not as eager as everybody else is to like throw some massive hand grenade in the middle of our roster and blow it up and see what happens. Um, It doesn't, that's not that appealing to me. Uh, I really like winning 50 games every year. I understand the playoff disappointment leaves a sour taste in your mouth, but I think we've got two of the top 20 players in the NBA at our core. And I don't see this great urgency of changing two of the top 20 players in the NBA for the sake of doing it. Um, and I've always felt that way. If you've listened to the show, you've kind of could probably have felt that from me. This is not like a revisionist um, day after the draft feeling. I mean, I think Rudy Gobert, the minute he's on your roster, you win 50 games. Like he, he wins you 50 games. And then you have a dynamic scorer like Donovan Mitchell, and you have a single individual player that has a chance to win you a game each and every night. And so when you have those types of players, I'm not just, oh, fun, let's go make trades. No, you have to bring back immense value for doing something of that. And, uh, you know, we're too small. We've got two six-one guards and a 6'4 power forward. Like, that's a problem. We need to get longer. we got a bunch of things we got to fix. We, we, there's certainly flaws in our roster. Um, teams have gotten better on how to deal with Rudy. He's still the best defensive player in the world, but they've gotten much better at how to deal with it and how to move him. But if we dug into the stats last night, last year, which maybe I need to remind everyone sometime in the next week or two, um, his impact is still massive. So we need to fix things. There's no question. Like I don't expect us to roll out Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gobert next year to start the season with a new head coach. Uh, 
but I, I don't have this eagerness uh, for the move for the sake of a move. So I, I frankly, I'm not disappointed. And uh, I think there's three things that happened yesterday. One, we talked about it all week, but I want to just clarify it because it proved to be true. You can't buy a first round pick anymore. You just can't. The, the salary cap has made those first going up so high, has made those picks so valuable because they're not as expensive. And three million, the value of the most you can pay for a pick is three million dollars by collective bargaining agreement. And so the value of those picks is way more than three million dollars. No one's making that trade anymore. There was one pick that I'm aware of that was bought last night. It was a late second round pick. It was bought by the Warriors for two million dollars and they gave up a pick to do it. So two million dollars and a pick got like a, a mid to mid mid second round pick. The Warriors print cash because of the Chase Center. So $2 million to them is absolutely nothing. It doesn't count against their luxury tax. So it's the only way they can avoid a player. And that player, if they draft them and they stay on their roster, actually saves them more than $2 million because every player they sign is like four times because they're in the luxury tax. So that's actually just a wash economically for them. So you couldn't buy a pick. So that's the first thing. There were like... I'm not going to get into analogies of buying in our dance floor party here because that was going to be a, that would be a problem for me. Uh, but there was there was nobody there was no pick to buy. The second one is I joked in the open there were no swingers. There were no players traded. Like the Anthony Melton out of Memphis to Philadelphia was the one trade. Now that could have been Royce O'Neal, right? The Anthony Melton and Royce O'Neal are somewhat similar. That and they and Memphis now had to take back the Danny Green contract, which. Mixed reports, Bobby Mark's first report, it had to be guaranteed. Now is saying it only has to be $5 million. So that that one's not like the worst deal in the world. The Jazz could have given up Royce O'Neal, got, a, I think, the 23rd pick of the draft, and saved $5 million. Now, I don't know that the 23rd pick of this draft would help you win as much as Royce O'Neal, but that would be a change. That would be a move. Um, but for whatever reason, Daryl Morey want, may have not wanted that, right? So I, I would guess, I don't know, but I would probably certainly guess that the Jazz were in on those conversations. That That's the one deal all night long where you look at it and you say, oh, the Jazz could have been there. That that could have been Royce O'Neal. Anthony Melton's contract number is not that different. Danny Green coming back at $10 million could have been um, that contract number. They got the 23rd pick for it. That's the one. Did the Jazz, did the Jazz miss it? Did the Jazz drop? I have – I'm not – I don't know, and nor do you, frankly. If you, if someone's out there, oh, the Jazz dropped the ball on that one. Nah, we don't know that. Uh, what we do, we for all we know is that the Jazz were on the phone with Daryl Morey, and they literally said Royce O'Neal and Daryl Morey said, "Nope, I want the Anthony Mountain." Not sure why you would do that, but maybe. So that's the other one. So the the three things there is you can't buy a pick. There just weren't players traded. The only player traded, and the only deal that went down that looks as though the Jazz could have been involved in it all. Is is that from there, John Collins doesn't get moved. DeJounte Murray doesn't get moved. DeAndre Ayton wouldn't have really gotten moved today. But there really weren't massive player moves. Jeremy Green got moved earlier in the week in a move that actually Detroit seemed to line up really beautifully with a bunch of their other moves. We'll get into I think there's a super interesting story about Detroit versus OKC versus Houston. And we'll look at that before the show is over today because I think that I think that was a really interesting kind of and it's going to be to me this is one of the real storylines of the next few years of the NBA to follow but when you look at last night you know the, the let's say the Jazz were offering Mike Conley they were offering Boyan Bogdanovich they were offering Royce O'Neal 
for draft picks. Let's just say we don't know that to be true, but let's just say there's no other than that Melton trade. Nobody did that. Picks got swapped. Boy, did they ever. It's hard to even keep track where guys were going. And a Kemba Walker contract got dropped, but there weren't players swapped last night, which is super surprising. That is not the party everybody expected. There was a feeling in the NBA that this was going to be free agency and this was going to be these were going to be the moves in the league rather than free agency. And that just didn't happen. So now what? Now the window, if you're altering our roster, is just gotten a little smaller. Your first opportunity went by. You sat at the side of the train station and nobody stopped. You sat there all night and you're like, hey, hey, I got things. I got foof, foof. Express train after express train after express train. And you went home with your little bag and you're like, I didn't sell anything. We'll find out what does that mean next for the Utah Jazz. I've got a chance for you to win a new NBA Jam Shack Edition. I'll tell you about that in just a few minutes. Today's show is brought to you by my good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai. I've gotten to know Blake really well and the Murdochs. Well, the first time we ever got together a long time ago now, they've been a sponsor of Locked on Jazz forever. And uh, we sat down and uh, it was around a fit table and uh, the old Murdoch clan was there, all, all the older generation and Blake and Ben and, uh, and the crew. And it was, it was really, it was really cool to kind of get to see the pride the family had, but I didn't know it now having been with them for probably five years now, four or five years, I, I know I can see that family pride and what it means to them to be a part of Utah and what it means for them to be, uh, you know, consistent to the people of Utah. And one of the ways they're showing that they're not charging anyone more than MSRP right now, despite the car shortage, uh, they're coming through. And the Hyundai product is just terrific. We've bought two Santa Fe's, one for for each of our kids, because I don't know if you know this, if you haven't done this before, you claim, at least in my case, you claim you're buying your kid the beater car that's going to like just, you don't care, da, da, da. and then you drive with them when they have a permit. And you're like, oh, we're going to buy the car. Every safety detail there exists. Like the my daughter's car has the coolest feature. You turn the turning signal and the miles per hour RPM things flip to a camera immediately. So you don't have to take your eyes off the road and you can see whether there's someone in your blind spot without turning your eyes off the road. That, like, that was the, like, you got to have it. Every bell, every whistle, everything there uh, with, the Mer- with the Hyundai cars for a reasonable price compared to the rest of the market and no increase on MSRP. That's what the Murdochs bring. That's what Hyundai brings for you. Stop by 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. Wasn't that interesting last night where the game, the betting world had Paulo Banchero going one and the rest of the world didn't and they clearly knew something that everybody else didn't? That was fascinating because they were the first ones to have him as the number one uh, pick of the draft. And then uh, everybody else uh, was still on Jabari Smith. And I'll give credit uh, to Rafael Barlow, our NBA draft expert at Locked On NBA Big Board and Leaf Tulin. They both held strong the whole time, taking uh, Blanchero saying he was the best player in the draft. And 
Obviously, Orlando end up agreeing, so credit to them. BetOnline.net, it is your place for all of your betting needs and sports info. Uh, the latest sports developments, like reviews, news, this year's NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcast news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, golf, and the rest. Bet online where the game starts. I still owe you how you can win a Shaq edition NBA jam. I'll get that for you in just a second. Uh, let's see. Um, David Horan, our good friend, the teacher, says at least one move still needs to come and still can. No, there's no question. Like, I still think there's moves that have to be uh, made. Kevin says, agree with you, but as David just said, the window of opportunity for the Jazz to improve this offseason just closed part of the way. No, that's... that. Hey, there's only set times in which you can alter your roster. There's three of them primarily. One of them is draft night. One of them is free agency, and the other is the trade deadline. The trade deadline kind of runs all the way up to the trade, through the trade deadline. The Jazz under Dennis Lindsay were very proactive and made their moves very early um, in the process, so it's... Um, you know, I think that when you uh, when you see how this, you know, this window closed last night, that there's significant there. I mean, here's the concern. Let's not like dismiss the one thing that could be a really significant concern if you're a jazz fan. That we just value our players way more than the rest of the league. Like there's a chance here. We've now gone through two tr- periods, last year's trade deadline and this year's draft in which we didn't move any of our players, there could be a circumstance where the rest of the league does not value our guys the way we do. And, and I don't think I'm talking about Donovan and Rudy in that circumstance, frankly. You know, that that we're hunting around with some of our other pieces and there's not a lot of value to it. I mean, this would relate to my one really significant fear with Quinn Snyder leaving is that Quinn Snyder and his coaching staff have been so good over the last eight years that they were winning five to seven more regular, maybe is probably five to seven is a lot, but five to seven regular season games that the rest of the league, because of their preparation, because of their work, because of their game planning, because of their maximizing of talent, then the roster should have yielded. And then when we get to the playoffs, we're not actually having playoff failure. We're just coming to roost on reality. And that's, now having a hard time, um, you know, that that's having that 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 has that, that would be the worst. Case. Those are the two worst case scenarios. Like I don't want to like ignore that those could exist. That 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 one, no one values our talent. Two, we've just been overperforming along the way. This is an interesting comment by Pony AI. Show after show after show, speculating on what would happen. Nothing. And nothing. Have a great summer. See you next fall. That seems to me to be a you problem, not a them problem. Like, that's the make a move for the sake of making a move, regardless of whether it's a good move or not. Like, that is, I'm not trying to build a franchise. I need entertainment. I need my endorphin jump from having something happen. Um, but that's not bas- That's not actually building a franchise. That, that, that's illogical to me, honestly. I'm done. Why? Because there were no good traits to make. I mean, if there's a signature in Danny Ainge's career with Boston, 
he didn't make deals for the sake of making deals and he didn't make bad deals and he didn't make deals that were going to end up hurting the franchise long term. And he never traded Jason Tatum, right? Like you go back to the, all those Jimmy Butlers, all those Paul Georges, all those other deals. He didn't trade Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum's going to be an MVP in the NBA. So we have two of the top 20 players in the NBA. They're the most appealing players on the open market right now, along with probably DeAndre Ayton and maybe Bradley Beal here in the next few hours, and maybe Kyrie Irving and maybe Kevin Durant. Like things are about to get nutty. And see, so what now? So in regards to free agency, we're pretty limited. We're still over the tax. Um, we didn't get a full savings on Joe Ingles. If Joe Ingles had just expired, then we would be closer to off the tax than we would have been otherwise. But we have the Nikhil Alexander. Juancho Herman Gomez's contract is a is a team option, which we will not exercise. And, um, and so... We are still at this point in time, our overall salary allocations for the 2022-23 season right now are at $155 million. And we are have 12 players under contract. So there's we're pretty limited in what we can do. The salary cap for the 21-22 season, which we just concluded, so the real question is, the 22-23 is, is, was reported to be higher. We don't know. But according to the salary cap reports for the 22 season is $10 million more. So it was 112. It's now 122. And the luxury tax is 150. 149 is kind of where it's being talked about. So that's a significant. Everything went up about 10%. So we're sitting at 155 and the luxury tax is at 150. That limits what we can do with moves. Um, and we'll have to see. Jordan Clarkson's under a two-year deal with a player option. Rudy Gay's under a two-year deal with a player option. Um, Nikhil Alexander's making $5 million this next year and then is a restricted free agent. And we'll see, and so and then we have Rudy at 38, Donovan at 30. Mike at 22, Boyan at 20, Jordan at 13. Pretty good deal. Hard, hard to get off Jordan at 13. That's why you don't hear his name nearly as much. Royce at 9.2. And then Royce is a, a non-guaranteed at 9.5 next year. So the free agent game for the Jazz is they can sign a kind of tax level, tax play, paying mid-level. They don't, as of right now, have the full mid-level if I have this. Um, correctly, and though there are that you can make some moves to get under, and then you do have that, but it would push you back up over the luxury tax. And we've got to figure out on this roster whether we're willing to go full tax. Um, and I think the um, and then the final piece is whether we can start moving. And now, now you're playing future draft picks, future pieces, you know. Can you, we've, we've played around with almost everyone's roster in the league. We'll continue to do it. Can you go to the Clippers and trade? They need a point guard. So Mike Conley and you're bringing back Luke Kennard and Marquise Moore and Mark and Marcus Morris. I, I mean, those are the numbers that Matt, you can, you can do this as well as I can on the ESPN trade deadline uh, or trade machine. You know, are you, can you move? Is there, is there, is Philadelphia needing to get out from under Tobias Harris's contract? And can you build a package for them? that works for Tobias Harris. Um, 
They seem to be interested in moving Thibel. Um, can you get Thibel? That His name has been bantied about now, both last trade deadline. I've heard a lot of sources on that, as well as this. Now, it's a defensive non-shooter, but that's kind of probably, you know, we need a defensive player of that level. They What I'm guessing is that they don't want to extend him. Um, and so now you're in a circumstance where they want to be able to make some sort of, uh, they want to get out. You know, if you know you're not going to extend one of your young players, you're better off moving them than having that come to roost and not having some place to put them. Uh, So really, you know, now you're playing future assets. You're playing the same. Last night was all tied to the draft and draft picks. Now the doors open a little bit in the sense there's future assets. The other thing the doors open for is there's going to be lots of deals going on. And can the Jazz be proactive to jump in on the backside? If Bradley Beal gets moved, and pieces have to get moved. Can you jump in on the backside of that? If there's um, other, you know, there's going to be a ton of movement starting here and player signing and this and that. And can the Jazz get Now, the problem with that is you're not dictating the move. You, you might be able to profit off it in some small incremental way, but you're not dictating the move. It'd be nice if you could dictate the move and you're being able to, to orchestrate things. We'll see. Um, the Knicks got a bunch of not very good draft picks, kind of late draft picks, and they're seemingly clearing space for a free agent move. A lot of people think it's Jalen Brunson. Um, did they acquire the draft picks for to be able to have a war chest to be able to make a trade? Um, otherwise, there's there's not a lot of things um, that ta- took place yesterday that impacts the Jazz in their free agent market, other than the second straight window where they weren't able um, to make a move. All right. What did we learn about the draft? There's a super interesting trend, and there's a really interesting contrast between teams to talk about. So we'll do that uh, when we continue. I want you to win a NBA Jam Shack Edition from Arcade One Up. This is so great. NBA Jam is back. Arcade One, the leader in home Arcade retro arcade games is not only bringing the best game back ever, but making it bigger than ever with the Shaq edition. Remember NBA jammed jump clear across the court, set the ball on fire. It was the first sports games ever to feature real digitalized, digitized NBA licensed teams, no fouls, no free throws, no quarters. And now you can compete with friends and family through the all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now with arcade1up.com. That's arcade1up.com for an estimated early ship date. Arcade1up, the place for fun. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $3.99. Check this out. They're giving away NBA Jam Shack Edition to a locked-on listener. This is your chance to win. Enter a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade1up.com slash locked on. They've got you've got till July 8th to enter to win the NBA Jam Shack Edition. And don't tell my daughter about Golden Tea. She's too young to know about Golden Tea. Otherwise, I'm going to have an arcade game in my house coming up. So here's what I thought was so interesting about the NBA draft. And thanks very much for making us your first listen of the day. Locked on NBA Big Board and Locked on NBA is recapping the day, plus all the picks broken down with various uh, on the various YouTube channels. Um, here's the first thing. I am 100% certain, okay, 95% certain, that is the first draft in the history of the NBA in which no one under 6'4 was drafted in the first round. 
Ty Ty Washington was 6'3 until draft day. He's now 6'4, so that might be a little skeptical. He grew an inch somehow in the draft process. But nobody in the draft was drafted that, and now we'll see whether or not maybe some of their, um, whether some of them change when they hit the NBA and they actually get measured. But in the sense of measurements, everybody was 6'4 or taller. You, you, it is, becoming remarkably difficult to play this game at under 6-4. And when you look at the Jazz, Jordan Clarkson 6-4, Royce O'Neal 6-4, Mike Conley 6-1, Donovan Mitchell 6-1, Trent Forrest 6-4, Jared Butler 6-3. We're small. And the league's going the absolute other direction. And, you know, that's where the Joe injury hurt so much. It's where Wancho turned out to be a really nice player for us was he was so long, but that's pretty crazy to me that nobody in the draft yesterday got drafted in the first round that was under six feet tall. It is the first time in NBA history that's ever happened. This league's not going small. It's going skilled, but it's it's not going small. The centers are becoming more mobile, more agile, more versatile, and smaller, but the other four positions are not. And in fact, the point guards, it is the Mike Conley, Chris Pauls of the world, the John Stocktons. Like, I I don't think that's going to exist anymore. I don't, Kemba Walker, like, I don't think you're a six, I don't think the six one point guard exists. The Jazz were playing a six one shooting guard last year. So that, I think, is a really telling trend to look at in the league. You know, last year there were a bunch of guys. Uh, Kira Lewis Jr. the year before. And this year, now, maybe it was unique that this year there weren't guys, but Kennedy Chandler's pretty good. And he didn't go till the 39th or 40th pick of the draft, and he's six feet tall. It, I think it just tells you where the game's going. The Jazz did sign three players, one of them to Johnny Jazang out of UCLA to a two-way contract. Kofi Coburn is a big, huge center. It will be great in the summer league um, if we're running pick and roll and getting him rolling. And then Jordan Usher out of Georgia Tech. So two of them are Exhibit 10s, likely to be Stars players. They'll go to training camp. They'll get a chance. And Johnny Jazang is a two-way player. Um, and we'll have another two-way spot that we'll probably – we've always kind of rotated our second two-way spot. Um, and that's you—that's the—that's generally a smart um, play on that. Um, I know SLC Dunk, they actually did film breakdown of these guys. I tip my hat. You guys are amazing. Uh, go check it out. One of the comments on Johnny Jazang was he was Kyle Anderson type, maybe. Like, though Kyle Anderson was a first-round pick, but they're both out of UCLA. They both are not particularly athletic. Jazang had that great run to the Final Four and then um, didn't go in the draft and then didn't have a great year last year. He's just not an elite athlete, but he's long, but he's 6'8", so maybe. Here's what I think is most interesting about the draft. I think Detroit was the big winner. And what Detroit has done now is they have Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, and then they got Duran out of Memphis. And they have full max cap space. They tanked, went to the bottom, got their draft picks. Maybe Sadiq Bey is going to turn out for them as well. But they've done it in a manner where they're holding cap space and don't have 23 young players all in the roster at one time. And I think they're going to go sign. They could go sign DeAndre Ayton, and they're suddenly going to be half pretty good pretty soon. And maybe they need to do it for one more year to get one more set of draft picks, but maybe not. And then Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey are on a program that's moving forward and they look like they're winning and they've got their group and they're going and Duran fits in and they got Aiton and they use some free agent money to fill in their other gaps. Maybe Sadiq Bey's that gap, one of them. 
And now they're moving forward. Oklahoma City and Houston have got a bunch of neat pieces. Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren are super interesting. Nobody's putting the ball in the basket, but they're super interesting. Shea Gilgis is. Houston's got now got Jabari Smith and Jalen Green. They're, they're great players. But they've just got these incredibly young pieces all rising up together at the same time with a multitude of draft picks still to come. A roster that's going to get full, and then they're going to have to start paying them. And they, you lose your free agent window in there pretty soon. And we've all seen in this league, it's very hard to have a multitude of young players rising up at the same time without having some chemistry problems. Like the Gordon Chiesa used to always say to me, don't ever forget, David, each player has to establish their each their own personal value before they're going to worry about the team winning. It's not that different than anything else in life. Every salesperson, every person in their career is the exact same way. Don't, let's not make it sound like it's something unique to NBA players. But the truth is that 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24-year-old NBA players are establishing their own personal value before they're going to worry about whether the team wins. And I love the way Detroit is doing this. We're going to get Cade Cunningham. We're going to get Jaden Ivey. We're going to go get Durant. And now we're going to go sign. Maybe maybe it's going to be Aiton as a max contract. Now they're good. Like, now they can win games. So they're in a good culture. They're not in a culture of playing games that don't matter. And now they start piecing in more free agents before their players get their, their max contracts. And they grow up this thing and they win. I'm very skeptical of Oklahoma City and Houston. Everyone loves it. Sam Presti has, like, just gold plates laid out for him every time he walks somewhere. And Everyone loves the tank and draft pick and the models and all the millions of picks that everyone has. And it does. It's great value. I got it. But I want to see it work. And I really don't think there's a track record of it working yet in the NBA at any great level. And it's really, really hard. And you're dealing with both hitting on draft picks and chemistry and development and culture. Super, super hard to do. I'm I, I'm putting my balls in the Detroit bucket now. Can they sign free agents? Are they going to be able to do it? Will be interesting, but I think that's that's worth it. Uh, two other quick draft notes: uh, with, with the moves the Knicks made, Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, and Nerlens Noel are all going to be available. I actually all think all of them might be interesting for the Utah Jazz. Um, Alec Burks would be fun to have him back. He's become a much different player. He's a little longer. Um, might be actually a perfect complement to Donovan at this point in time. Uh, Nerlens Noel might be a minimum center which was what we have to have to back up Rudy Gobert. He's similar to Rudy, can't stretch, but he's pretty good defensively. So that would be interesting. They all could fit. And then I, I just thought, because the fun stuff about draft capital, uh, I thought the way the Hornets used 13 and 15 was really good. They traded 13, got a bunch of value because there were two centers on the board at 13. They know they needed one. Cleveland sitting at 14. They have five centers already. It was actually felt like you were doing fantasy football. Like literally when you're doing your fantasy draft and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I got this pick and I got this pick because we're doing the snake and they've already taken their quarterback so I can let this guy drop to me and you think you're so brilliant for doing it. Well, Charlotte just did it last night and it was really fun to see. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you go to arcade1up.com slash locked on to get your chance to win your NBA jam. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Now for your second listen, go to Locked On NBA or Locked On NBA Big Board. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you Monday.